welcome, welcome to Wellbeing Wednesdays. My name is Courtney Weaver. I'm your host. I'm also the director over at Well WVU here at West Virginia University. I am joined once again by Jessica Johnston York. She is a psychologist here at the Carruth Center, and so we're super excited to have her back. So, Jessica, hello. Hello again. Yes. Um, so, if you could remind our avid listeners uh, of your role at the university. Yes, you're many, many avid listeners. Um, yeah, so I um, am basically one of the uh, counselors working at Carruth Center. So Carruth Center has uh, counseling services. We also have psychiatric services. Um, I think last time I talked, we were online. We're still online. Um, so uh, we are doing telehealth counseling now. So if you're, you know, good with Zoom, we can we can work with you. Um, we also help get students set up if they are not located in West Virginia um, and are needing um, other resources outside of the area. We can get you set up there too. Awesome. You know, I think it's it's funny because I think you were my first guest over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> back at the beginning of this, back in March. So, and we're we're still here. We're still doing it, practicing that responsible social distancing. So, or physical distancing. We want to move yes. away from the social part physical distancing. Yes. Um, so actually we're here today to talk about the joy of reading. So both Jess and myself are avid readers. Um, I've actually been making a list of all the books that I've read this year. It's always something that I want to do, but I was like, this year I'm going to be intentional about it. Um, and so Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit about the benefits of reading? Yeah. So reading has a number of I think both like physiological and also psychological mental health benefits. Um, I think the biggest one for me is that it increases your empathy. So there is a study that looked at um, children who read Harry Potter. Um, and, you know, I know we both love Harry Potter and, and that's a very, very popular read. Um, but being exposed to uh, stories of children who had gone through adversity, who had had different life experiences, children actually became more empathetic after just reading about these fictional characters, which is amazing. Yes. Um, so we can kind of relate to other people's experiences, learn more about ourselves, kind of develop more empathy just through reading. Um, it also helps us manage stress. Um, it actually like lowers heart rate and blood pressure when you're reading, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, helps with cognitive decline, you know, use it or lose it. If you're actively working your brain through reading, um, it'll help you kind of later in life. Um, helps with memory and sleep. Um, really has a, a plethora of benefits. All right. And so since this is Wellbeing Wednesdays, uh, let's talk about reading for well-being. So obviously when you're reading, it helps increase your knowledge, your awareness, and it gives you some exposure to different perspectives, which you touched on with increasing your empathy. Uh, but why else might people read for their well-being? I think there's a lot of reasons that, that people might, and, and you might have different reasons why you go to, I think my reason for reading like changes a lot. So it kind of depends on like mood. Um, you know, sometimes I think you need like an opportunity to escape. And I think that's like where fantasy reading is really helpful. Like, okay, I need to get out of here. I need to check out and go somewhere else. I need to go to Mars. I need to go to Mordor, like somewhere <laughs> not here, you know? Um, so an opportunity for escape. Um, 
but also I, th I think it can be nice to have like this validation and connection for your experiences too. Um, so I've really enjoyed reading more diverse reads because it helps kind of get this sense of like, oh, I'm not alone. Other people get this. Like there are other voices here. I'm not the only person experiencing this, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. It also can help like build community. So uh, we were talking before we started recording uh, and I actually just finished a book. Uh, I had started a book club last year when I lived down in Florida and uh, it was with a bunch of just random friends of mine. And the whole point was I need to read something beyond these romance novels that I tend to tear through. No, nothing wrong with that. that. That's my secret shame. It's not a secret <laughs> anymore. No, um, it's not a shame either. No, yeah. no shame. You read what you want. <laughs> um, so the, the book club we met once a month and actually because of the pandemic, they're meeting virtually. So I can still be a part of it, uh, which That's is awesome. really great. So it's nice to see some of my old friends, but also talk about different uh, books that we've chosen. And we always try to choose a different style. So a mystery, this last one actually was a, a fake rock biography that was really fun to read. And apparently okay. they're it into a show on Amazon prime. So cool. <gasps> is it Daisy Jones in the six? It is. I loved it. It was so good. It was really good. I liked how it was written. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, and then there's also a lot of podcasts out there that talk about books. And I know you have, uh, you have something you listen to, Jess? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a huge reading nerd. I have like several uh, podcasts that I listen to. Probably my favorite one is Reading Glasses. Um, and they, they do every now and then they also do book clubs. So they'll like do like an Instagram live or like a YouTube live stream um, and, and have different um, books that they're talking about on there, which is cool because like I'm talking to people that I've never met before, but we all have share this passion for reading. So I think it, it can connect you in a community that like you already have and like kind of build that up or it can create a new community that you otherwise didn't know existed. Yes. Um, and then there's also that nostalgia of rereading or reading after you've seen the movie. And this was true for me because when I was in college, I saw the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, oh, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, I saw the movie five times in the theater. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember getting home from the theater and immediately going, I need to purchase the book because I'd actually never read a Jane Austen novel before. And so that was the first one that I read and then I subsequently read not all of them but a few more um and it was great because it was like reliving the magic of the movie as I was reading and then sort of mm -hmm. it upon it too because obviously the movie left some bits out but yeah like I, I just want to stay in this world a little bit longer like prolong the feeling um I actually just finished reading uh The Princess Bride which is fantastic movie and the book is great so it's like he, and it's funny because my dad was making fun of me because he's like haven't you seen that movie a million times like why are you reading this but actually spoilers don't impact our enjoyment of reading like we think that oh if you know the ending like that's gonna ruin it for you um and I, I mean I get pissed when people spoil things but um there's, there's famous examples like Romeo and Juliet. Shakespeare tells you right at the beginning that they're going to die at the end and you still enjoy it. And it still shocks you when you get there, you know? Um, so even if you do know how things go, it can still be really enjoyable to relive the experience. 
Well, it's funny. I after I never read the books uh, for Game of Thrones, but I watched mm. the show, and I remember after the Red Wedding, I had to oh. the spoilers because I couldn't handle that kind of shock um, again. <laughs> so. Someone told me about the Red Wedding before I had even seen the show, oh. and so I knew it was coming, so I could kind of brace myself a little bit, so I um, wasn't as much of an emotional wreck as most people, which was yeah. probably helpful, actually. Yeah, it was really jarring uh, watching it. <laughs> so yeah. I, was like, I, can't, I can't. I have to know. I have to know what's going to happen, <laughs> so I know what to expect. Um, so let's talk about the different genres of books that are out there. So usually you just hear fiction and nonfiction, and like that's it. But that's there's so many subgenres underneath both of those. Yes. Um, so fiction. I mean, you have I guess standard fiction, but then you have histor historical fiction, and then you have paranormal fiction, and then fantasy, mm -hmm. and then, um, what else? Romance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can even subdivide there. There's historical romance, there's contemporary romance, you know. Paranormal uh, romance. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. There's teen fiction, which always holds a special place in my heart, because I'm a big fan of a, of a teen young adult novel. Uh, really great. Me too. That's what I'm currently reading. And I feel like when things are really stressful, when I'm reading something that's a little more low stakes, like, you know, th this teen is experiencing heartache and like, yes, that, that was hard for me when I went through that, but also it's not a global pandemic. And so like, I can live in that world and that feels safe to me. Right. <laughs> and then we have our nonfiction, which to be honest, I have never been a big nonfiction reader until kind of recently when I've read more about like true crime. I was um, going to say that that's your, your niche, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I read, um, I'll be gone in the dark by oh, Michelle McNamara. So good. So good so right. Good. Mm -hmm. I had to, and it's now an HBO documentary series. It started this week. I need to watch the first episode, but Same. I, I could only read it in public in the middle of the day because it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm a huge scaredy cat. I can't really do horror. Um, I've, I've read a little bit, but it's hard for me. Um, but true crime is different from horror because that happened to real people. <laughs> and that could actually happen to me. Unlike when I read horror and it's like, oh, there's a zombie. I'm like, I'm probably okay. But there's someone breaking in your house. Ooh, okay, that's, that's real. Right. Uh, and then I know you and I both listened to a true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. And the host of that show wrote a book called Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. Uh, and I Which is really I good. It was really good. I think the host of that, one of the hosts, her name's Karen Kilgarev. She wrote a chapter on being a latchkey kid. And I think that is the funniest thing I have ever read <laughs> uh, like in my life. I was laughing out loud and that doesn't generally happen even if I find something really humorous. So still lots of enjoyment in those nonfiction books. <laughs> yes, yes. There's tons of nonfiction books that are like written by comedians. So if there's someone you like, like a celebrity that you follow, they've probably written a memoir and that's a really accessible, easy way to get into that and learn more about them and just have those laugh out loud moments. <laughs> and then something else that's like sort of burst into, I don't know, if, maybe not burst. They've probably been around for a long time, but are like the graphic novels and the comic books. Um, I have, I'm not huge into the graphic novels. I read Watchmen many years mm. ago. That remains the only graphic novel I ever 
have read because I, I couldn't get into the format of it. It was just uh-huh. too for my brain. Uh, but I know so many people love that particular style of book. Yeah, I think that can be nice if like, what I hear from a lot of people, why they don't read is they say it's hard to sit down and concentrate. And so the the great thing about like a graphic novel or something else that's short form is you can just read these little chunks. And if your brain wanders after 10 minutes, hey, you got through a huge chunk of your reading, you got something out of it. Um, So I I think that can be nice if, if you're not someone who likes like a traditional like novel format. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also poetry. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a fan of poetry. I don't, I don't know many books on it, but I do enjoy a good poem. Although, to be honest, I always like poems that rhyme, which isn't like <laughs> necessary to be a poem, but uh, it's just... But it yeah. makes sense when it rhymes. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know. Uh, and then there's also short stories and novellas. And novellas are... I don't know what the criteria it is to be categorized as a novella but usually those are shorter novels yeah I want to say maybe less than 200 pages um so it's yeah a shorter kind of longer and I don't know what the you know what's longer than a short story but shorter than a novel somewhere in that sweet spot of 100 to 200 pages I think (laughs) don't quote me on that (laughs) okay uh we'll google it after um how to so what are some ideas for folks who want to get into a book? Like how should they choose what to read? Yeah. Cause I think that can oftentimes be overwhelming if you like go in a bookstore or a library and you're like, there's so many books. <laughs> what do I do here? Um, I, I really enjoy like, so I love movies and if there's a book based on a movie, I, I love reading the book ahead of time. And, and sometimes like you, I'll read it afterwards. If I really like, really like the movie, I'm like, Ooh, I need to stay here. Um, so I think that can be really, um, you know, a way to like prolong the enjoyment of like, Oh, I'm anticipating the movie. Let me read the book first. Mm-hmm. Um, bestseller lists are a really good place. So New York times always puts out a bestseller list. Um, Actually, they have kind of completely changed their bestseller list because now all of these like anti-racist reads have been selling a lot more recently, which is fantastic. So like now those are like covering the bestseller list, which is really cool. I know what we always did was just Googled at the end of the meeting, like good book club books. And then (laughs) every, every time we did it, which was monthly, a new list of books would come up. So we would Mm -hmm. decide on a list, choose one. But then those other books that were on the list that didn't get chosen would get abandoned for the next month because there were <laughs> new options. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I know. And I'm probably the worst person to ask like what to read because I have, um, so I use the Goodreads app, which mm-hmm. kind of tracks your reading. Um, and I have like a thousand books on there, like literally a thousand that I say I want to read. So it's, it's actually no longer helpful to me <laughs> to use it in that way. Um, but you know, for book clubs, like you're looking for something that kind of generates discussion. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's helpful to think about like what kinds of things you want to read and how to go about finding that. Um, if you really hate choosing things though, um, there's also book of the month, which if you sign up for it, if you like subscription services, they'll just mail you a book. Um, and you only have to choose between a list of five options. So if you hate choosing, make someone else do it for you, I guess. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, and then there are also, um, we talked about the podcasts already. So you talked about reading glasses. Then there's one called Professional Book Nerds, which I haven't listened to, but have you? 
Yes, so that's run by Overdrive, which is a um, app that um, gets you access to ebooks and audiobooks. Um, they like related to Overdrive. There's another app called Libby, uh, L I B B Y, that I use a lot. It's really great um, for getting uh, access to things. Uh, from the library, which has been super nice at this time because I hadn't been able to go to the library for a while. Um, but they put out um, a lot of content on there. They'll interview authors, they'll talk about new reads, they'll um, do like thematic ones. So that's that's a really good one to listen to. Nice. And then BookTubers, which I imagine is a YouTube community. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there are folks who are on YouTube who like do like series that just talk about books. Um, so there, I, I'm not a big uh, YouTube person, so I, um, I don't have too many specific recommendations on that. But um, if there is someone you follow or you want to like search for BookTube, there, there are people who kind of do regular series. And then that could be a good way to get in. If you're already on YouTube, see what somebody thinks about a book and then decide if you want to read it yourself. Yeah. And then bookstagram, which is the book community on Instagram. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And that can be a good way to get kind of like a focused look. So if you're wanting someone who does like, you know, I want to read more black voices, like you can follow um, a black bookstagrammer and like see what they're reading, which can be helpful. Yeah, for sure. And so for accessing books, you know, you always have those folks who say, I can't use an e-reader. I like to hold a book in my hands. I like the feeling of turning the pages, which and I like to smell it. I like to smell it. Yes. Yeah, like the <laughs> smell of an old book that you would, <laughs> which is really just the smell of a library, I think. Um, but so you have print books, but then you do have the e-books and there are so many companies that have e-readers. Um, with just millions of books in their library that you can like purchase or what's cool is like libraries, community libraries there, they have eBooks too that you can rent. So you don't have to necessarily pay for each book you read on your Kindle or Nook or whatever app that you might use on your phone, which is really cool. Yes. And then are you a fan of audiobooks? I love audiobooks. I, it, it took me a little while to get to, but the reason I love them is because I can read two things at once now because I'll, I'll have my either print book or ebook and then I'll listen to something and I've leveled up. So I listen at two times speed. So I get through it faster. Ooh. I don't know that I recommend that for everyone because some people actually like to, you know, slow down and enjoy the experience. But if you uh, like to, you know, just devour your books at a rapid pace, highly recommend leveling up to a faster speed. And so there are also like subscription services that are for audiobooks. I think the one that's coming to mind is Audible. Um, but yes. they'll give you like a certain number of books per month based on your subscription price. Yes. Yeah. Another good one is uh, Libro FM. Um, that's a subscription service. And it's cool because if for some reason you didn't want to use Amazon, um, you have access to this, which... Um, Funds from it go to um, independent bookstores. So you can select like a, a bookstore that you want to sponsor and it'll send money to them, which is oh, cool. That's, yeah, that's much better than sending it to a billionaire. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, for free books, so you have the little free library. So do you want to tell us a little bit what that is? Yeah. Have you ever seen those around town? Oh, I see. Well, I made one in Animal Crossing, so I have them on my island. But I, have <laughs> I, 
I love that so much. Well, those exist in, in our physical world too. So um, yeah, so you can go to their website, uh, Little Free Library, to look up the location. Um, here in Morgantown, I know of two of them that I visited. Um, so on the rail trail near uh, Terra Cafe, you know where that little like playground is? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I can't remember the name of the playground, but there's, there's one located right there. And then there's also one of the botanical gardens. And basically it's this little, you know, wooden box, um, that people just leave books, take books, no limit to what you can grab there, uh, or what you leave. It's just open content that the community contributes to, which is fantastic. Yes. And of course you have your public library, which... yes. Again, I always sing the praises of librarians. They're so cool. Uh, like they, they, yes, they're, they're, they're heroes. I love them. <laughs> they are. Um, and then the apps that you have listed, you have Libby and Hoopla. So we talked about, no, we talked about Libra, Libro. So we have, what is Libby? <laughs> so Libby goes through your library. So you just need a library card. Um, and so does Hoopla, actually. Um, So with Libby, you get a certain number of holds uh, that you can request and then a certain number of uh, items you can check out. Um, So you might have a wait time for um, eBooks and audiobooks. But for Hoopla, you get, I want to say somewhere around like five or six a month. And that's, you can just hang on to it as long as you need. So there's no wait list. Um, You just get it. um, It's ready for you right there. You can hang on to it. You can renew it. Um, you just get a certain number that you can check out per month. So if you are a slow reader, Hoopla might be a good option for you. Nice. Okay. And then to own, we already talked about Libro, which is gives to independent bookstores. And then we have bookshop.org. I imagine that is something that's similar. Yes. Yeah. So that also um, gets you access to independent bookstores. So Unfortunately, I mean, we've got some department, like larger bookstores in, in Morgantown, but we don't have any, um, any indie bookstores. Um, so if you're wanting to support a local small business, um, you can shop directly um, through them and, and find them on bookshop.org, or you can just purchase from them. And, and then, again, they contribute money to independent bookstores. All right. Well, all those are great options. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about when a beloved book or book series is tarnished maybe by the actions of its author um Uh. as or as we like to call her the author who shall not be named Uh, (laughs) we don't we don't need to give her any more press she's had too much as it is right so so just mentioned earlier her and i are both huge harry potter fans um and for folks who have been paying attention at all uh the author has made some comments that are not supportive of the trans community in any way, shape or form. Um, And so that's tough because Harry Potter is a beloved series um, by so many people from across the world, such a diverse audience. uh, And to have someone come out against an entire group of people is really disappointing and heartbreaking. And so what do you do? Because Harry Potter's everywhere. Like, yeah. what, like, so what, what can we do, Jess? What are, yeah. what are some questions? Yeah, you know, I, and I, I think it's so heartbreaking because, like, Harry Potter is very meaningful to a lot of people. Like, it, it might have helped with your mental health recovery. It might have helped give you community. Some people have, like, Harry Potter tattoos. Like, they've invested in this, you know. you. So 
I understand. And I, I think for me personally, like, I don't want to just be like, oh, I don't like Harry Potter anymore. Like, I can't not do that. Um, so I, I think that there's ways that you can um, take ownership over this series that you love um, and that you have grown to um, incorporate in your life that it, it has a life of its own after the author has let it go. Like you are interpreting it and, and taking ownership over it. And, and it's not the author's anymore. It's, it's yours now. Right. Um, so I, you know, there's some kind of creative ways you can do that. You can um, kind of really leave the original work and um, get into fan fiction. Um, I don't, I don't read a whole lot of fan fiction, but if you want to go on Reddit or elsewhere, there's, there's tons of options. I wrote Harry Potter fan fiction back in the day. Like when I was in grad school, that was one of the ways that I released tension. This is amazing. I won't ever tell you my screen name. Um, I don't want anyone to read it, but um, (laughs) yeah, I wrote, I like to write Dramione fanfic. So it was like Draco and Hermione. Yes. Okay. But I used to read a lot too of that fanfic and it's, there are incredible writers out there who are taking these beloved characters and just expanding their potential and, you know, taking the story in different directions, maybe a direction that, you know, the original author never thought of or something that they always wanted to explore. But it's, also, I think it's also a great way to work on your writing ability as well. Yes. You already have a set of characters created and it's just your job to take them on a new adventure. Yes. Yeah. That can be a good, a good challenge or way to get into writing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like a, a Hermione Draco mashup, then a very Potter musical is probably for you. Oh, Have yeah. you watched? I've watched most of it. I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but the original stars, Darren Chris from Glee fame. It started at the university of Michigan and that's yes. great. <laughs> or the Potter puppet pals, which is a yes. on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I also heard there's a there's another musical called Puffs, which I is I think it gives more um, a central role to Hufflepuffs, which I'm a Hufflepuff and we're very uh, undervalued, so I, I appreciate that. Um, you're talking about like how to kind of take characters on a different journey. Um, I found out about this YouTube series called Hermione Granger and the Quarter Life Crisis, which imagines this world where. Hermione as a 25 year old dumps Ron and moves to America and like has a whole new adventure. So if you didn't like the Hermione and Ron pair up, which I honestly did not see it. Um, that can be a very validating uh, experience to see that different fantasy lived out. Yeah. Um, and then you, you've mentioned the Harry Potter Alliance, which is a social justice organization. Do you know much more about that? Yeah, so they have a lot of different causes that they support, um, from political causes to social justice causes to climate change. Um, It's a pretty diverse community, and I think they also support um, uh, literary, like like sending books to children who don't have access to them. Um, So if you're wanting to get more kind of active in that way um, and also connect with some Harry Potter nerds, um, that can be a really great resource for you. Cool. And then there's also a podcast called The Gaily Prophet. 
Yes, I haven't listened to that one yet. Um, but uh, yes, if you're looking for, okay, how can I really stick it to the author who shall not be named and find more of a queer perspective on Harry Potter, that can be a, a great resource for you. Yeah. And then there are also ways, like if you're still interested in Harry Potter, like swag or things like that, there are so many artists uh, who are independent of like Warner Brothers and, and those companies that are selling their yes. art, like Etsy or Patreon um, that you can get. And you're then you're supporting those individual artists as well. So if you still want that, you know, Gryffindor t-shirt, no <laughs> way for you to have that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that's a that can be a great way to um, express your your support is put your money where your mouth is. So you can not support the author, but still enjoy all that good good merch in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, read Harry Potter books at the library rather than buying a new copy. That kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yes. Um, all right. And so finally, because, well, we've been talking a little bit about like, um, black bookstagram and things like that. So a couple weeks ago, we did an episode on like anti-racist resources, which was a lot of like books and films that people could check out, but it's not just reading anti-racist resources, right? It's also about like looking at options for like fiction books that are written by black authors that take you on different kind of journeys that are important as well. So do you have any like recommendations for folks if they are looking to expand their view? Yes, for sure. There's, there's a lot of um, black authors that I've um, read fairly recently that I've really enjoyed. Um, so we were just talking earlier about um, if you're into fantasy, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Um, is really great. Um, she now has come out with a, a second in that in that series. Um, so if you're looking for, um, I think it's a, a good Harry Potter read alike because it kind of introduces this idea to magic and, and a hero's journey. Um, so I think that's a, a great um, place to start. Um, Courtney, I know you also like romance. Um, so Jasmine Guillory is a fantastic black author who is also a lawyer. I have no idea how she has the time to write these very successful novels and be a lawyer. Um, I can barely do one job. Um, but yeah, she, she's written a lot of, uh, of really great books um, that kind of connect like minor characters will feature in like the next in her book. Um, one of her favorite ones that I, I read was called The Proposal. Okay, um, I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're looking for more of like a fiction or, or kind of literary fiction vibe, um, Colson Whitehead is a great read. Um, he wrote The Underground Railroad, which came out a few years ago, which was very popular. Um, his most recent novel, I think it came out last year, um, was The Nickel Boys. Um, that one really resonated with me because I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, which is, it's set in that area. And it's a fictionalized version of a real uh, boys correctional school um, that uh, really mistreated um, underprivileged and black boys. And um, it's, it's a really, it's a hard read, but it's, it's an important read. It, if you're ready to have your heart ripped open, that's a, that's a good one. Well, who doesn't love that when they <laughs> <read> the book? <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like my guts are getting ripped out. I love yeah. it. 
Yeah. Cool. If you want something a little more fun on the lighter side, I just recently read um, Slay by Brittany Morris. Um, and that is set in, um, it's about a black teen girl who creates a um, RPG, a role-playing video game that is just for black users. Um, and you have these different cards that you use for battle that exemplify black culture. And it's awesome. I, I would love to see a movie of this because it'd be fantastic. Oh, I'll have to check that one out too. These are all on my now to read list. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you can also support black owned bookstores, which I believe there are many lists of them out and you can order from them online too, which is, which is really great. So you don't necessarily yes. travel anywhere in person, especially since, you know, we're still supposed to be relatively homebound at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so Jess, what are you currently reading? Um, so like I said, I just finished Princess Bride and I wanted something a little lighter. Um, so I'm reading this YA fiction book called Hot Dog Girl. Um, <laughs> uh, and what it's set in a amusement park um, and the main character is uh, dressed as a hot dog and that is her role. And um, so it kind of goes into like this fantasy romance that she wants to have but um but she's just a hot dog girl so she can't like you know be the princess um so very cute like you know yeah well so like i said we said earlier i just finished reading um daisy jones and the six which yes. i enjoyed they're making it into show um and then right after that i dived into the book american royals um, I loved that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I read it in two days. It was yes. Crazy. Yes. And I cried Same. so hard like at so many points because I just felt so bad for all the characters at one point. And of course it ends where nothing is resolved and but there's coming out in September. Yes. Um, but I, I loved that one. I'm also 15 books deep into this other series that I found Whoa. that has, I think, 18 books total. Uh, so we'll, I'll finish it because I can't not, um, but that's more on like the, I wouldn't say paranormal, but it's kind of more of like a science fiction type feature, but there's a love story for each one, uh, which is, you know, my kind of escape. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Hey, and that's a good way of never having to choose what you read again. Just get this long series that'll never end. Right. And I'm like, just keep churning out these books because I for sure will read all of them. That's another thing. Like once, if I start a series, generally I will finish it, even if I don't particularly <laughs> enjoy it because I have to know how yep. it ends. I think that's how I read all the Fifty Shades of Grey books because we read the oh. first, yeah, we read the first one for a book club several years ago. And I was like, Oh, I got to read the other two because I have to, oh. I have to know what happens, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, they're not great. Um, and it presents from like a sex educator perspective, horrible depiction of like BDSM and just for oh, sure. Oh, so toxic. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other episode of a podcast <laughs> that we can talk about. Um, well, we talked for so long. It's fine. 
<laughs> Whenever I find another reader, it's very hard for me to rein it in. So I apologize if this was not fun for anyone else. <laughs> right, like, sorry if you're listening on U92, because apparently they play the podcast uh, twice on Wednesdays when it's released on U92. So if you were, oh, wow, can you just get Courtney and Jess hour talking to you about the books they like to read? <laughs> I would say sorry, but I'm not. Uh, so... <laughs> So Jess, thank you for taking the time to, to talk and uh, we'll probably have you back on at some point. Uh, but to all our listeners out there, thank you so much and we will catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays.